0: Hey, everyone. Before we start this week's episode, we want to quickly tell you about a new group we're a part of.
1: It's called Kids Listen. Tumble is banding together with other awesome kids podcasts and people to get more great stuff for you to listen to with your families out into the world.
0: To find out more and discover new podcasts for kids, visit kidslisten.org.
1: Hi, I'm Lindsay.
0: And I'm Marshall. Welcome to Tumble, the show where we explore stories of science discovery.
1: Today we're talking about invisibility cloaks.
0: Invisibility cloaks. We finally are going to find out how the Romulans cloak their ships. Not even the Federation knows that.
1: I'm assuming you're talking about Star Trek. Yep. And I think, you know, that's just science fiction.
0: But Sarah, our associate producer, tells me there's very real science behind trying to make invisibility cloaks a reality.
1: Hey, Sarah.
0: Hey, Sarah. What's going on?
1: Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Marshall. So invisibility. Scientists are like really trying to make this a thing now.
2: Many people have been fascinated by invisibility. Writers, artists. It sounds like
1: Marshall. I mean, um, generally,
0: sure.
2: <laughs> why would you think scientists would be any different?
1: I mean, I I guess it's because they have more science-y problems to work on than making Klingon technology a reality. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What more sciencey problem could there be than that?
2: <laughs> it's not necessarily about trying to figure out a way to be invisible, but more of the engineering challenge of making something invisible.
1: There's a ton of questions that you could ask about invisibility cloaks, and we got this one from our friend Nate, a six-year-old with his own podcast called The Show About Science.
0: When are they going to be gift shop. What are they going to be made of? Oh, that's a great question. Th- those are the questions I ponder. Okay, what do you think they might be made out of? Light that goes in circle around objects. Okay. And they might be made of a rod and some glass. And basically the light can go forward and then the thing li- that's there like a wall becomes invisible
3: okay excellent yeah this kid is very smart
2: that's dr andre alu he's an italian physicist i'm sure you can hear that from the accent yes
3: yep i'm an associate professor at the university of texas in austin
2: he's well known in the science world of cloaking particularly for engineering new materials out of precious metals that have amazing properties
3: including the power of invisibility
2: well not exactly
3: Invisibility implies we cannot see the object, Uh, all the objects that we cloak are actually very visible to the human eye.
2: His cloaks can make objects invisible to radars and satellites, but not us. If they're not invisible to our eyes, are they really invisibility cloaks? Andre says the physics of making something invisible to a radar is very similar to making something invisible to the human eye. On my hunt to learn more, I went to his lab to check out these cloaks. So I think a lot of people, um, when they imagine a lab that's making an uh, invisibility cloak, imagine like a giant room in like a secret lair somewhere. Is that is that where you're taking me? Uh,
3: no, Not really, but you will see in a moment. Well, they're all hanging in a closet.
1: A <laughs> closet with just empty hangers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Here's an invisibility cloak. One, two, three...
2: It says cloaking lab on the door. That's pretty cool.
3: Hi, Jason. Can
0: you
2: say your name for me?
0: My name's Jason Sorich.
2: Jason is a researcher. He has helped Andre with most of his cloaking experiments at UT Austin. Jason showed me the main tool they use to bring cloaking to life.
0: You can make it with this printer. It's not very complicated.
2: Hold
1: on. A printer?
0: Like a magic printer that prints invisible things? Like, I think I have one of those, but I usually just call it a broken printer.
1: It's out of ink. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a broken printer.
2: It's not, you know, an emperor's new clothes situation. They're actually printing materials.
0: Uh, it's typically used for a totally different application. It's used for making signs, these vinyl signs you see on cars and stuff like that. And it's ultra thin.
2: It has a little blade that cuts detailed
1: patterns into very thin sheets of metal. I'm not getting this. Like, the cloaks are made of metal? This is, like, chain mail, but invisible? <laughs>
2: well, they're made of these sheets of metal, but it's not just any metal. It's a specifically engineered metamaterial.
0: Metamaterial?
2: Metamaterial. It is the heart of Andre's method of cloaking. I'll let him describe it.
3: Instead of relying on molecules offered by nature, we actually engineer these molecules.
2: They're made out of...
3: Glass, uh, uh, copper, aluminum, gold, uh, or silver.
2: These natural materials are engineered on such a small, small scale that they become completely new materials.
3: We build materials so you can get much... uh, More complex, exotic uh, interactions.
0: Like uh, Nate's idea of copper rods on glass?
1: Very similar to that. Yeah, but what Nate was talking about was making something for invisibility. And what Andre is making still seems completely different because we can see it.
0: Yeah, it's like right
1: there. The two are more related than you think.
2: André's cloak controls radio waves. And the kind of invisibility cloak you guys want would need to do the same thing, but by controlling light waves. So
3: the job of the cloak is to eliminate uh, uh, the electromagnetic presence of that object. The ray has to go through the object as if the, the object were not there
2: better understand invisibility, we first need to talk about visibility. So when I set this red coffee mug in front of you, what do you see?
0: Um, I see coffee, but wait, is, is this a trick? I feel like it might be a trick.
2: Yeah, I'm seeing a reddish
0: orange. Uh, red.
2: Well, you guys aren't actually seeing a red or reddish orange mug in front of you. You're seeing how the light bounces
1: off the mug. Wait, this this is blowing my mind. We're not seeing the mug right in front of us. We're just seeing the light that it's reflecting? Exactly.
2: And while studying the physics of light and these new materials, Andre came up with the theory. Maybe it's possible to build a material that can bend light so it appears not to reflect at all. But instead, the light continues as if it was going through the object, essentially making the object invisible.
0: (laughs) I think Nate had a similar idea. The light can go forward, and then the thing that's there, like a wall, becomes invisible.
2: He is spot on. But the light isn't actually going through the object? No, the light isn't going through the object. The metamaterials are changing the way the light bends and behaves so it looks like it's going through the object. Andre was one of the first scientists to suggest this was even possible and when he came up with his theory it was a big deal. Many thought it violated the fundamental laws of physics.
1: You said it worked with radio waves, but what about light
2: waves? The physics of how both types of waves work is very similar. Other scientists saw the potential for cloaks that could bend light waves to hide objects from our eyes.
3: Recently there has been a paper from a a group at Berkeley that showed a macroscopic optical cloak.
2: This cloak made history as the first time a 3D object was hidden from visible light.
3: All right, it was invisible.
0: I'm going to go on Amazon.com and order my cloak.
3: I'm not promising that this will happen in the very near future. The uh, Berkeley experiment was still uh, concerning a much smaller object than a human body.
2: The object was much, much, much smaller than the human body. How
1: small are we talking about here? Like,
0: small human body? Like... Like a toddler Four feet tall. <laughs> Actually uh, we don't want to do that <laughs>
1: that would be disastrous. <laughs> the press release
2: from the university read quote "Scientists at Berkeley have created the invisibility cloak fit for Harry Potter if the boy wizard was smaller than a grain of sand.
1: <laughs> Why would you want to hide a grain of sand? <laughs> it
0: would be really great for cleaning up." <laughs>
2: I mean, you guys have to use your imagination. This, you know, the metamaterials are limited right now. But this very, very tiny bump was a big victory.
3: Are there methods for invisibility cloaks that don't use metamaterials? The field of clogging has actually inspired the many... Uh, engineers and uh, optical scientists uh, to look for uh, optical tricks.
2: Optical tricks? What does that mean? Well, other scientists have created a method to make objects invisible using a system of lenses. It's a simplified version of what metamaterials are trying to do. A
3: little bit similar to what Houdini was doing when, uh, on stage, he was using a set of mirrors to uh, hide himself from the audience.
2: There are videos online of this method in action, and it's pretty cool. You can pass your hand behind this lens, and it just disappears. The lens bends the light so you can see through the object. Um, and the cool part about this method is it can be scaled as big as you want.
0: So you can make a lens to like hide your house?
2: Well, you can hide anything as big as you can actually make the lens to hide it.
0: So if I wanted to totally dominate it hide and seek, i just need some really big lenses.
1: Yeah, but wouldn't you also just be limited to where the lenses are set up? Like, can you carry them around? (laughs) You guys are a tough crowd. We have high standards for invisibility.
0: Yeah.
2: I have one more method that might excite you. Um, It's what I like to call the octopus method.
3: So
0: you grow uh, six more arms, and then you're invisible, right?
2: It has to do with octopus skin, actually. Yes,
3: yes. That's actually another direction that uh, has been uh, very popular.
2: So scientists have successfully created artificial skin that changes to look like its surroundings.
0: Also, we could wear this suit and just hang out in front of our house, and when our neighbors go by, we yell, hey! And they're like, ah! It,
2: it hasn't quite gotten to that point yet. Uh, right now, these cloaks only react to black or white backgrounds. Nature is still much better at this method. So
1: hiding behind the bushes is what we should be doing.
0: Or we could paint our house black or white <laughs> yeah. and wear this cloak. <laughs> So what will get invisibility cloaks into gift shops? Uh,
3: So that's a good question, and that's what uh, everyone is uh, looking for. Uh, It's not uh, coming anytime soon.
1: Does he think his method of metamaterial cloaks will be the ultimate answer? He told me he's finding
2: out more and more that there are limits to what metamaterials can actually do to manipulate light. And he believes we'll need to find a new approach for invisibility, especially to hide a large object like a human.
1: Wait, so what you're saying is that it's not going to work?
2: Yeah, probably not with metamaterials, at least the kind he's been working on.
1: And that's been like his entire career. He must be like very bummed out right now.
3: Uh, No, I mean, actually, it's very exciting. We were very excited to find this bound.
1: Knowing what
2: not to work on was a huge thing to find out for Andre. And he feels this could help future scientists with other breakthroughs.
1: Okay, so it's like if he knows what's not going to work, he can move on to doing other things that have more potential, and in some ways that might help those gift shops get stocked with invisibility cloaks sooner rather than later. Exactly. So, I have a question
2: for you guys. If scientists do figure all of this out in 20 or 50 years, what would you guys use an invisibility cloak for?
0: I would probably use it to, like, just sit in my class when all my students come in and just when, they're st- when they start to, like, wonder where the teacher is, yell, boo!
1: I think if I had an invisibility cloak, like, on a day where I didn't have time to shower, I'd just put it on so that no one would know that I was there <laughs> and just think that they were the ones who smelled.
2: <laughs> if it was possible to have an invisibility cloak... What would you do? Uh,
3: I don't know. I mean, that's, uh, for, for me, the, the reason why we like studying these problems is that uh, uh, scientifically it's very interesting. I'm more excited about the science behind it than the real uh, use. But uh, I guess already there are a lot of uh, people probably listening to this podcast that have good ideas.
1: That's definitely true. You guys probably have amazing ideas on what to do with an invisibility cloak. So let us know.
0: Or tell us which method that we talked about in this episode is your favorite. Or if you have a whole new idea of how to make things invisible, we'd love to hear it.
2: That's our show. Thanks to Dr. Andre Alou, Assistant Professor of Engineering at UT Austin, and Dr. Jason Sorich.
1: And thanks to Nate and his dad, Eric, from the show about science. That's the name of the show, the show about science. You should definitely subscribe to hear Nate's amazing interview with scientists about things like alligators, vultures, and radioactivity.
0: He's a really good interviewer, and he's super smart.
1: Also, the show about science is a proud member of Kids Listen.
0: Check out our blog for more information about invisibility and some cool videos, tumblepodcast.com.
1: You can also donate to support our show and subscribe to our newsletter on our website. I'm Sarah. I'm Marshall. I'm Lindsay.
0: And thanks for listening to Tumble, and tune in next time for more stories of science discovery.